I cannot remember the name of the preacher, but when I was in the army attending a local church in Virginia, the preacher got up one morning, and as his custom was, he would take a piece of chalk and go to the blackboard. That's how long ago this was. And he would write his topic on the blackboard. And then he would just stand back a few seconds and watch for the reaction. So he got up on this particular Sunday morning and he wrote on the chalkboard, let's go for a walk. And I had two army buddies with me and we kind of looked at each other and we almost got up. But that's not what he was talking about. He wasn't inviting us to a literal walk outside the building. He was referencing a number of passages in the Bible where walking illustrates living. And I remember thinking that if I ever become a preacher, I'm going to use that idea. And I have several times through my years of preaching, and each time... I try to use different passages where walking illustrates some point the inspired writer is making. And as I said, I can't tell you the name of the preacher that I heard using this idea 56 years ago. And my content will not be the same, but I think it is a good, simple study approach. So we're going to open our Bibles and go for a walk. Not just tonight, I would hope, but in our lives all the time. Now, we all know the activity of walking is often used in the Bible to illustrate something we need to know. Jesus and Bible writers... And God, through the Holy Spirit, used illustrations we are familiar with. Walking is a commonly known activity. God made us with the capacity to walk, and unless some medical condition intervenes, we get up and we walk every day. We're familiar with that. I've said many times, walking is about mobility that requires activity and takes us to a destination. If you, if you make notes on a sermon, that's where I would start. Walking is about mobility that requires action and it takes us to a destination. Now, just that is illustrative and instructive, and we could go home here, but you know me better than that. Bible writers use that illustration over and over to communicate to us what we need to know about life. That in life, there is mobility that requires activity, and it takes us to a destination. One of the first passages in the Bible using this illustration is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 
where Paul said we walk by faith, not by sight. Therefore, the kind of walking that illustrates the life of a Christian is based on our faith, our confidence in God, in Christ, in what is written in Scripture. Blind people can walk by faith because it isn't dependent on what you see with your physical eyes. This walking is dependent on what you believe the knowledge, the assurance, the confidence that you have in your mind. And when people who are blind or sight deficient hear the word of God, they are able to have this knowledge, this assurance, this confidence, and live by it and walk in it. Christians walk or live by faith, not by sight. What happens when you open the Bible and examine some of the passages where this is present? You are taken to the activity that you should be engaged in as a disciple of Christ day after day. And that's the learning and for many of us the reviewing we're going to do in this sermon with each passage. There will be a different point of emphasis about the walking, the activity that each one of us ought to be engaged in. In your Old Testament, please find Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah did his work about the same time as Isaiah. And like the other prophets, in addition to their emphasis on the coming kingdom and the king, Jesus, they spoke against the sins of their time. And they warned of approaching judgment in the absence of repentance. Now, there must have been some in the time of Micah and Isaiah who thought, if I just increase my offerings, if I'll just bring more and better animals to sacrifice, then it will not matter so much how I live every day. I'll curry God's favor and punishment will be canceled because I've come to the altar more often. I've brought more animals, bigger animals. But listen to this in Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. 
Now, while there were sacrifices and specifications about animals under the Old Covenant, this idea is addressed by Micah. The idea that some had that if I just bring more animals, maybe even if I sacrifice one of my own children, then everything will be all right. And Micah wants to make the point that the real challenge of living for God is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. So, do what the law says about the altar and what you bring in the sacrifices and all the specifications of the Mosaic law, but be certain that in your attitude and your daily life you do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. That's the challenge of our walk. I'm going to say to us that this has always been God's requirement. Before the Mosaic Law, he wanted people to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. During the Mosaic Law, after the Mosaic Law, today under the new covenant of Christ. See, the idea is not more animals, maybe sacrificing one of my children, or today writing bigger checks and putting credits on your account by more hours that you spend on projects. Here's what it's all about, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Now, giving is necessary, hours are necessary, and we're all going to be here for the work day. That's all good and right and beneficial. But what manner of life must complement and go with the giving and the time working? What basic living must there be before God? Micah describes that, doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. The fundamental commitment to justice and kindness and humility. Without those qualities, we are not really walking with God, even if we come to a building more often and we write bigger checks. What must be is what the prophet describes in this passage. All right, let's do that again. This time, I'm going to take us to the book of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. And we will remember that Isaiah and Micah prophesied at about the same time and faced some of the same difficulties. At this section of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, as this section begins, the prophet is inspired of God to prepare the people for their time in exile. Time in exile because of their sins. Sins exposed by both Micah and Isaiah. And Isaiah writes to prepare them for that 40 year period. To give them hope but also to instruct them in attitude and behavior and particularly particularly patience. 
continuing to do what God says while waiting for God and God's timetable. So here it is. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you ever fainted? Whatever the cause, I can tell you one thing about fainting. There is no mobility when you're on the floor. Isaiah wanted God's people to know even, even in exile in Babylon. If you will wait for the Lord. If you'll honor his schedule, his timetable, you'll be strengthened if you continue to do what he says while you wait. You can count on the Lord. You can serve the Lord with such power that you can run and not be weary and walk and not faint. If you'll just keep doing what he says and let him be in charge of the timetable. Now, for us today, we are not in exile. We are not in Babylonian captivity. But sometimes it's hard for us. In fact, it has been hard for Christians the last couple of years. And while I'm not a prophet, I think we all know there are difficulties ahead that we cannot know specifically in the present. So we need the faith of the exiles to serve the Lord no matter the nature of our difficulties, not knowing God's timetable. So prophets like Isaiah sent the message that you can make it, you can be strong, you can have hope if you'll continue to wait for the Lord. And waiting for the Lord never involved disobedience. Waiting for the Lord, spoken of by the prophets in the Old Testament, was never the idea. Well, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing, and eventually something's going to happen. Waiting for the Lord, the patience involved in that phrase, was always continuing to do what he says, not knowing what his timetable is. We, in our case, do not know when the Lord will return. But we're going to pray and live right and obey Him and wait obediently and patiently. And this passage says if we'll do that, we can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. In the book of Colossians in the New Testament, that's our next stop on our little walk this evening. In the book of Colossians, after becoming a Christian, after repentance, confession, baptism, you've received Christ, what's next? And here is an excellent passage of what's next after baptism. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, 
abounding in thanksgiving. Some new Christian might read that passage or hear that and say, well, how do I do this? Listen to the passage again, and I'm going to give emphasis to one phrase. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Three words. You were taught. The teaching of Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The teaching the apostles gave in the rest of the New Testament that teaches us how to walk and how to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. I made this comment in a recent Bible class. Christianity is a taught religion. You don't catch it. You don't inherit it. You were taught the word of God. John the Baptist came teaching. Jesus came teaching about the kingdom. How to enter the kingdom through the new birth in John 3. The manner of life that kingdom citizens are to follow. In this passage, Jesus is called Lord. You know what that designates? One having authority. His authority as the Son of God has been expressed in teaching given by the apostles and written in the New Testament. So after receiving the Lord through repentance and baptism, do what he said, do what the Lord taught, just as you were taught. And as we continue to walk in him and abide in that teaching, what we have is depth. Do you see depth? Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. It is not just about writing bigger checks and coming to buildings more often or in the case of the Mosaic Covenant, bringing more animals and sacrificing your children. It's about receiving the teaching God has given through Jesus Christ placing your trust in him just as you were taught. And that gives your life depth, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. On our walk tonight, let's stop at one more place. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. And I think for the sake of context, I want to read all of 1 John chapter 1 and into the second verse of chapter 2. 1 John 1 verse 1 and into the second verse of chapter 2. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you 
so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I spoke this morning about God. His existence and our response to him, our relationship with him. That's referenced in this passage. Fellowship with God. It must be my purpose every day to walk in the light as God is in the light. Now, when we take that truth in, it always occurs to us that we are imperfect. That we may not walk correctly all the time. If that thought enters your mind at verse 7, just keep reading. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So verse 7 is our purpose. To walk in the light as he is in the light. If it occurs to us that we've not done that or we're not doing that, just keep reading. If we confess our sins. See, that's repentance. Just keep reading then into chapter 2. And it says we have an advocate. Our advocate is Jesus Christ the righteous. So, I take into each day the intention to walk in the light. If I stumble from that intention, the key phrase here is, confess your sins, and we have the cleansing based on the work of our advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, what I've done tonight, you can do. You can do it with your Bible. Especially if you have a good concordance. And now available in very easy digital format on your phone, computer, or tablet Bible. You can do a search. And you can just plug in that word, walk. 
And you can find these passages and many, many others. Always study the context around that passage, that verse, and you will be enriched. You'll be taken to self-examination and you'll be prepared and equipped to help others walk in the light as he is in the light. So that we not only have fellowship with one another, we have fellowship with God and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Let's be standing as we sing.